Woke up this morning with the sundown shining in him. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Trip on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition. Hello and welcome back, Saxon Jacks. Um, we have uh, S&P futures up one and a quarter of Nasdaq futures down 15, and I think both uh, Kevin and Mike are at an all-time high because they're in love with this market. What do you think, Kevin? I am totally in love with this market. What else could be wrong but, uh, you know, when, when you have a market that is just exploding? Which would you rather have, be... In love with this market, or be in love with Rita Coolidge? Um, uh, Rita Coolidge goes that that goes fine. It's kind of an interesting, uh, you know, type of bumper music. But you know, uh, there there is a birthday today. There is a famous musician birthday today. Well, it's, the reason why it's an all time high is because we're at all time highs. I see. I get I get the punchline. Yeah, there you on go. There. Yeah, Japan and, too. And, back to 1985. And Rita Coolidge was was pretty hot in her day, so yeah. you know I'll go with that. Too. Well, so were we. <laughs> What do you mean, we? <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> On a relative basis, we were hotter in our day. Okay. Um, now, take but, Mike uh, for a Mike wins. Mike was smoking on it, right? Um, yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, except for a little pot belly here and there. Well, you know, you got to... It means you like your beer a little bit, you know? It's okay. Yeah, don't, don't we all? Yeah. Um, so, uh, no, today would be uh, uh, Johnny Winter's... Uh, um, 80th birthday if really? he were alive if he were alive and he isn't um, so uh, he died in 2014 so he died 10 years ago wow um, but anyway yeah we gotta get uh, some rock and roll hoochie coo bumper music too well we'll get, we'll get Ryan on the hunt the, uh, Mike are you with us? Let's see, let's see if I see Michael on Zoom. No, Mike's not on Zoom yet. Oh, I thought Carl, he was. Carl's just lurking. Well, Carl, Carl's a really good lurker. Just saying. Hey, uh, I actually bumped into a gentleman at the uh, uh, health club last night, and he says, you know, um, where can I, I hear you guys are still doing Stocks and Jacks. Where can I find it? <laughs> he used to listen all the time. <laughs> so I give him a thing, and uh, we started talking about he works for a, I think he's still on the Board of Trade floor. But uh, not positive. But you know, I, I didn't want to go into the details because I wanted to be able to tell a story without telling anything out of. But apparently, they 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 do some. Uh, he's involved in some shipping, and one of their their ships got hit in the Red Sea. 
I mean, I didn't go into full detail because we we're both just heading out, but uh, yeah, it's pretty dangerous. Or you know, I don't think it got sunk or anything, but you know, because they you know, they got attacked, they got whacked a little bit, and uh, it's uh, you know it's real, and um, I uh, it, it as usual, uh, Kevin, when you when you when you get older, uh, you start thinking about stuff you never used to think of before, right? I can't get over the difference between us being shot at and then this little, well, little. it's not a little skirmish war if you're one of the people over there. But I just wonder how many how many people in this country even understand that we have people in harm's way like every day now. And uh, no, no thought of that being them. Not saying, you know... Uh, we should institute a draft or anything like that. I, but somehow or another, uh, I think some people need to realize that uh, this does involve you. It could be your brother, your sister, your, your, your nephew or whatever. I don't think there's... It, I read once that the... Uh, out of When we were in uh, Afghanistan, and uh, even even so far as uh, Gulf War II, that only 11%... Not, I don't know where I got the stat... I have only 11% of the people that were essentially fighting were from the big cities. How can that even be? I mean, I don't. I mean, I I've said a few times on the show that when I would visit my relatives in Columbus, and of course I'm the first guy up on Sunday morning. I grabbed a paper, and there's always some militia, whatever you want to call them, National Guard unit, going back and forth to Afghanistan or to Iraq. I, you know, we had the group a couple of weeks ago we talked about here in Illinois that, that left. I forget where they were. They were some kind of a mechanics group or something, but that's, a, that's the first time I had heard of that in this area in 20 years. I mean, how, how is it that the big cities seem like they're immune to this? I'm, not, I'm sure there's people... Well, it, it, there's different mindsets, you know, different uh, inclination uh, to serve in the cities versus in the rural areas. And because we have a, a volunteer military... That's the way it's going to shake out. It, it just is, and you know, I, I think, I think for the most part, the uh, the people, at least his, at least over the years, I have no idea what the people who are running the military now think, but um, but over the years, they've been happy to have a volunteer uh, uh, force because they it's it's easier for them to deal with the people they recruit and it's easy for them to uh, train and develop them because they already have them won over um, so I, I don't I think that's you know that that comes into play however um, I, I would mention uh, that um, uh, how, how do I want to say it uh, the every time I see like a commercial for wounded warrior project or something like that, um, I, I, I constantly, and, and it really gnaws at me when I see it. And look at how profoundly injured some of these people are. Oh, without a doubt. And I, I see the, you know, what it's done to their lives, what it has done to their families. You know, because they'll they'll have a lot of them with the families on there. And I think, what are we doing? You know, what are we? You know, how, how gung ho really should we be about getting involved in some of these things? And um, uh, you know, it, it's. I, I think that puts it front and center, in many ways, like what happened that turned the tide against uh, sent to public sentiment for the Vietnam War. Once we started seeing the daily video of what was happening, and and I don't, I don't even think in those days, I don't even think it was the half of it. Um, and and so now they work really, really hard to control what 
you know what messages and what video we get to see but when you see some of the you know some of that um, and what we've done it's it's one thing when somebody loses a life and and the effect that that has on somebody's uh, family but it you know when you start to think of the just the devastation of losing a leg or of not being able to speak or you know what whatever the combination of factors are I you know I'm becoming such a pacifist in my old age it's incredible well I would love to be a, a pacifist but I I see what some of these other people in the world are doing and I, I I'm, I'm stunned in this day and age that you know this, this Putin he, he could he could just as well be Hitler or Stalin he doesn't care the guy in North Korea doesn't care Chinese don't seem to care I mean I, I don't know what it would take if we if we just stuck our head in the sand and, and, uh, not, not suggesting that too I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not either I'm just saying I have to punch back a bully you know I know that that has to happen um but uh, but we really need to be measured and about it, and and I still can't get over the glee of some of the U.S. politicians who think that what's going on in Ukraine is great because we get to achieve our objectives without an American life being lost. Oh yeah, let's let the Ukrainians uh, lose their lives for us for our objectives. Um, it, you know, it, it's just I, I, I've become so it's such a cynical point of view. Um, and, uh, and 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 it's not acknowledging just exactly how how devastating that this whole thing in Ukraine has been for the people there, and and I think we understand it, and uh, you know I think you know you talk to Angelica once in a while, and you know you know what she hears and what she knows from her family, and it's the same thing. You can go, you know, it's the same thing that we look at Israel and and look at the devastation of the Hamas attacks there and now looking at the devastation of the response uh, you know all of this stuff is it really gets to a root level with individuals so I you know I know we have the geopolitical aspect of it I know we have to you know we have to punch back we can't we can't be pacifists you know to uh, to a large extent we just can't do that but by the same token I wish people would really have kind of that in-gut feeling of how serious this is. I don't understand how people don't. There's people that are, are gleeful about warfare somehow. Teddy yeah, Roosevelt. And, and I just think that's so cold and you know, so Teddy, you know, it was amoral. Like, you know it was like that? Teddy Roosevelt. He loved it. I mean, it was uh, you know the idea that this was so grand, it was so... Uh, when I... Um, it was 20 years ago. 22 years ago. I lived at 70 West here, and I used to jag all the time on the lakefront. Kevin, there wasn't, I'd say every two, every other I used to go about four and a half miles. Every other four and a half mile jag, I would see at least one person jagging along with the the, the metal leg. And you know what? They were Some of them were as fast as most people and you could just tell they were trying to do the absolute, but I, you know, the, the idea in, in warfare well, not many people are, are uh, Ryan's probably not familiar with the TV show MASH. It really started in Korea, a little bit in World War II, where you actually patched people up and they came back in bad shape, and, and, they, and they lived out a life. I mean, usually people just died on the battlefield, and, and basically you didn't have to mess with them. Um, you know, so, but, but now it's the point where you put people back together, and uh, you know, or at least most of it, most of the pe- person you put back together, and 
and you're trying to live some sort of a normal life after that. And you know, like you say, it's really tough. I, I don't, uh, well, and I, you know, and I just think of, you know, I think of some of the reporting on this. I think of some of the attitudes on it, and and it makes me think of the uh, old Temptations song, uh, "Ball of Confusion." Yeah, you know, where they they hit that tagline at the end, and the band played on. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, these, you know, you see these people. I mean, uh, I was watching the sixty-minute thing, and I was pretty stunned. You know, I mean, I guess you know a lot of this, the thing I don't like about sixty minutes is. They ever asked me to be on there, I'd, I'd have to say no unless they played the whole interview. I don't want I don't want them talking to me for a half hour to pick out the snippets they want. Uh, and I, I think I have a problem with them at that. But I don't know if they did that with this general. And I was absolutely stunned at the sophistication <clears throat> of the weapons that were coming at our ships. I mean, you know, I thought it was just you know some suicide drones and you know some scuds or something. But it's it's way beyond that. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of I'm kind of surprised that. You know, these guys, if one of those things gets through, they got a problem. You know, it's not just, you know, whacking off the side of the boat. It's, you know, it's, it's a problem. And I was, I guess I, I was, you know, I try, and even if, even if I don't like the narrative, usually you can pick out a fact or two that you hadn't seen before, right? It was pretty obvious these guys were up against stuff way more sophisticated than the average bloke here thinks they are. And I, I, I was pretty stunned. I mean, Lou and Mike probably already knew that, but... Like, wait a minute, these are like real ship air missiles, like like the kind we used to sell we sold to people and now it's coming back at us. I mean, there is a problem on top of it, but Yeah, there is. And Mike Mike's on now and he you know, he, he can jump in too because he's you know, he's got different perspective. He's got you know, he's got sort of the inside to out perspective on this and I'd love to hear it. Mike, you with us? Yes, sir. Good morning. Morning we <clears throat> excuse my voice here, but we Yesterday we talked to Lou a lot, and we actually I was using your name, and not in vain. Um, about that's okay. Every time I heard it, I screamed in vain. Okay, well, yeah, a lot. I'm thinking a lot of people did, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but we we're just talking about the the supply system, and I don't know, Mike, if you were on the chain uh, last week or two weeks ago when Lou sent out the thing about last 50 years, all the mergers in the military supply industry and like it's unreal I mean there were like 50 players now well, just the ones he sent there's probably out of the 5 or 6 but you know, of course there's other people that are doing stuff around Denver and stuff that he talks about you know the, the metallurgy and all these smaller firms that are doing all this real high end research but basically there's you know we're down to 5 or 6 big guys that used to be you know somebody bought Bell Aircraft somebody bought you know the Boeing Aerospace somebody bought this somebody bought that I'd forgotten all those names but anyway, right. he claims that right. the supply chain still can be ramped up fairly quickly. What does fairly quickly mean? Tom, I, I really don't know. I, I mean, I didn't really do logistics, but it seems to me that it can't be ramped up that quickly. I don't want to disagree with Lou, but I guess I am, because they can't seem to get enough ammunition to support both Israel and Ukraine and keep enough for ourselves. You know, I thought that the interceptor missiles that the Israelis were using, uh, those were in short supply, although they needed to buy them from us. And uh, the Ukrainians hardly have any artillery left anymore. And uh, so, so that's an issue. And I don't know what our uh, um, what our capability is for our troops, but I I think uh, in and what what really bothers me is the 
the congressional ineptitude to not resupply the Ukrainians. You know, as Kevin just stated, they are essentially fighting a war for us. Uh, you know, they're our proxies, and we're not willing to supply them. I just don't think that's right, you know. Well, somebody has to make a political statement on everything, which is kind of messed up. Right. Well, and uh, I just don't like the way that uh, the House is, um, you know, just not, well, well, they're trying to tie it to the border bill and the border needs improvement, too. But whether they're separate issues or whether they should be handled together, but they're not, you know, they're not doing anything. And that bothers me because, as you guys have just talked about, I don't think it's fair to the Ukrainian people to be fighting our war for us. And uh, and, and Putin is a uh, he is a monster. And n- no one understands that. I mean, he is today's Hitler is what it comes down to, although Hamas is pretty much up there, too. So, although there are some people now that are saying Netanyahu is, you know, has gone overboard, but you know, you know I, I, I know what I never liked that guy. I, I always yeah. thought he was our Rumsfeld or something, Cheney. Right, but he, the, you know, they were attacked. I mean, he has his reasons, and Hamas, you know, is its stated intent is to do away with the Israeli state. So, I think I. I would, or I do, agree with Netanyahu. He needs to destroy those guys. You know, that's it. Well, you can't. I, uh, I don't know, I'm a middle ground on that, Mike, because I, I know where you're coming from, and I actually agree with you. On a, it's such an unusual situation over there, and we've had people. I had somebody. I had a Palestinian guy come in. I had my the brother did in high school. Talked about the whole mess since really 1948 and right and then the fact the fact is right or wrong <clears throat> i mean when people attack people for thinking they have reasons or thinking they don't and you end up with these uh areas of i'll, use, I'll call it almost refugee camps and all of a sudden it's i, I read this ties into something i read once and i if i still had it i mean i'd, I'd like you guys to read it because it uh it it I don't, I don't agree with the people that are, that are that wrote it, but I understand where they're coming from. They're saying what ends up happening is if if you you become a refugee in the Baca Valley, for instance, the whole world moves on, but you're still <clears throat> the refugee in the Baca Valley. Your world never moves on. It's like it's like you're in the end of the ma- you're the back end of the match bus with a, with a bone sticking out of your leg, and four hours later you're still sitting there. The other people, everybody's clapping themselves on the back for the four lives they sailed, and you keep saying, hey, look at my leg. It, so it, it never moves on for these people, and it goes on to where you have a generation or two of young males with an you know, unemployment rate of 50%. Yeah, with and, and all of a sudden, it just, it just festers and festers and festers. And I think it was, you know, and I'm not, I'm not going to blame this on the Israeli government, but you have to be somewhat aware, and I think they got real close with Clinton, and I think the then Israeli, uh, I was going to say management, government, was really anxious to make this right. And Yasser Arafat was a, was a big asshole, basically. And, right, uh, that's what it came down to. That's what it came down to. Him down, and that was it. And that was it. And it really hasn't made a whole lot of pro- prog- progress since, yet the same 
males between 18 and 35 are still sitting there without a job, wondering what to do all day. And every time in history that's happened, it's been a problem, right? Right. Well, and the, and the Palestinian leadership that's our age and maybe a little younger than us, I mean, they're just getting, you know, they're fat cats. Yeah. Although n- not so much now, maybe, but, uh, I mean, they made a lot of money in the meantime. So, you know, off of the U.N. and us and whoever else. So, I, you know, unfortunately for the Palestinian people, uh, their leadership has failed them. And, you know, maybe the Israeli leadership has failed them, too. Maybe Netanyahu has, too, you know. Why, you know, I, why do you, it's a slight shift of gears, when the, the Russians, the, 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 what was it, the, what was the name of their CIA, the, what do they call those guys? The, the KGB. The KGB. And uh, when those guys in Russia got a little more free economically, shall we say, those guys essentially moved into somewhat gangster status, and that's kind of where Putin came from, right? And all of a sudden, right. the, all of a sudden these guys have more money than God. And, and and some of those early Ukraine stories were the tanks didn't work because the guy who had the job to replace the treads on the tanks had some super yacht and never never replaced the treads. And Remember all two, three years ago, it's all we heard was you know, the oligarchs actually didn't they, they were supposed to supply uniforms and they didn't, they just took the money. And how, how are those guys? And I think the sanctions have come down pretty hard on those dudes. How is Putin still alive? Sounds, I mean, sounds like Enron to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how, how is the guy hanging in there? Those guys, those guys caught a taste of the good life, more than a taste, more than we'll ever taste. Uh, and all of a sudden, their yachts are impounded and they can't write a check. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're getting around it a little bit somehow, but they still have to be. I mean, what are we doing with this guy? All he's doing is causing trouble. I mean, how is, how is he still there? Well, I think he has some super security, and, you know, he he stays where he's safe you know so i don't it'll be very difficult to get to putin i think you know if anybody the ukrainians might have a chance but even i you know i don't think that that's a realistic chance the the russian people have to put him out you know now navalny made was making some inroads you know and then putin puts him in prison and then he dies out in siberia so you know it's not an easy uh, task to go after Putin. That's well, you know how they, you know how they got Stalin finally. No, I, I don't know. I'm surprised you don't know this, because he, he loved his vodka, right? Right. They put a big hunk of uh, what's the it's the uh, the blood thinner. I actually was on it years ago. Um, that was the name cumin of or something. Yeah, like that. cumin. It's it's essentially rat poison. They put a bunch in there and he bled out that night. Well, that's a nice uh, trick, I it's, guess. It's tasteless. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't recognize that the vodka was a little less strong. He was a, he was a serious <laughs> vodka guy, but they finally they finally got to him somehow. Do you think the guy pouring that in his glass was shaking? <laughs> I think I would have been with that guy. <laughs> God, but well, I, he was probably so fed up with being his lackey, so he probably probably did it with relish. So, Mike, the, the logistics in the in the Red Sea. I mean, I don't know how those guys. Uh, a fill up with gas. I know it's not gas, but uh, and 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 run for the thing. I was watching in the sixty minutes. They're talking about all these missiles coming at them. They're talking about the drones, and, and they've got one a pretty friggin' modern ship there. I'm looking at like these look look like maybe twenty five thirty missile 
trapdoors or whatever. And I'm going, what do you do if you're out here and you're down to like three of them and they send four of them at you? I know you got other stuff on the ship, but at some point when you're, when you're running out of stuff, you, I'd be hightailing it back to get more. I can't imagine dropping those things in on the water. I mean, Lou says they're, they're, they're working on that, but boy, you got to have a ship with a crane and talk about a target that ship would be. And right, and, and it would be a target, but they, most of those bigger ships have uh, some pretty sophisticated machine guns, 50 cals or 30 cals or whatever they have, and those things might be effective against drones coming in low if that's what they're doing, and that's probably some of what they're using. They might not use, you know, all the expensive uh, uh you know those the missile things for intercept you know what Luke has talked about the one million dollar missile for the three thousand dollar drone maybe not all of them are doing that but unfortunately maybe they have to so now, are these, are these ships? I've never been on a ship in a wartime situation so I have really no idea do you think they're, they load up some marines on these ships or just all regular sailors? Oh, they do have marines on this well on some of the ships they have marines because but th- that's usually on an aircraft carrier where they have plenty of room or on a destroyer and and they're taking those guys you know on their six-month cruise so that I mean they're a, a, an expeditionary force at that point it, it seems like the the logistics are are just amazing. I mean, how you know? I I, I know I was reading in. Uh, you guys, maybe one of these days, if I can get some, maybe I'll go to Better World Books and get some and send them around. This, I always thought this book, Freedom from Fear, was absolutely spectacular. And and I, if you com- combine that with reading uh, George uh, George Marshall, Soldier and Statesman, the idea of having logistics, to having your people with more bullets than the other guy, more hand grenades, more to more toilet paper, you know, more, more, more food, more water that you can actually keep, you know, give your person the best chance. Logistics, I, I can't imagine what the logistics is like in the Red Sea. It's a half a world away, for God's sake. Right. Well, and, you know, that um, Schwarzkopf and, uh, you know, Bush, President Bush, they didn't start that war against Hussein until we were adequately supplied. And the and there's a guy that made his reputation on all that, Pagonis, uh, General Pagonis. He was an army general who was, you know, he was a very efficient logistician. As a matter of fact, he ended up getting a job with Sears after he got out. But uh, he was very good at the logistical system. So, Well, to Kevin's point earlier, about the people that are, are losing limbs and, and dying in the, in the care on that. Uh, one of the lines I remember from uh, uh, George Marshall, he was, you probably know from your military history, uh, Mike, he was he was a genius at, log- at logistics and moving soldiers when he was younger. Right. Well, and that's, you know, Patton was very demanding, but Patton also, he developed good logistics systems for his tanks, too. He kept the fuel up front so that he could refuel his tanks. Well, they uh, one of the later stages of World War One, allegedly, the day that turned the war, it was George Marshall's job that the American generals wanted no part of the French. Oh, here's another million guys we can we can send at machine guns, right? American right. generals like the fodder. Yeah, right? we, yeah, we're we're not doing that. So what they elected to do one day, and you, you probably know the story. There was the front was you know. The, the front, the trenches were you know miles long, and uh, there was essentially a dirt road running behind. That was the that was the road. 
So it was Marshall's job where they wanted to, to fake a U.S. invasion in the center of the front in the morning. And in the same afternoon, move the entire division. This was the division, the first division or something. The, 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 that, that they wanted the same afternoon, they wanted to outflank the front with the American first division. So you had to move the entire division, however many miles it was, on this road in basically seven hours, loaded with ox carts and people hauling their grain and stuff. So Marshall somehow figured out how to do it. And, and he ended up getting... Uh, they out they attacked in the afternoon, outflanked. It was it was the biggest victories in the war, and uh, and essentially turned the tide. And surrender wasn't all that much long after that, I guess. Or it wasn't surrender; it was more like an armistice. But the uh, big difference there, right, Mike? Uh, but the so they said to Marshall, "Aren't you ecstatic that we did this?" You know, the, I think the uh, first division got more like Medal of Honors that day than any other day, whatever. And he goes, his response was. How the hell can I be happy when nine of my best friends are dead? Right, exactly. And you know, it was just, and the guy looked the guy the guy he was talking to looked at him like he was from Mars. Now, how how can you be happy when you just lost eighty of your best buddies? Not to mention all the other people that weren't your buddies. It, 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 it's not a great day when that happens. No, anyway. it's not a great day. Anyway, we'll head off the break. Right. We'll be right back. S P futures up four and as the futures down four. Yesterday was a huge update. We'll talk about that. Uh as we do oh, traffic, we'll talk about name, image, and likeness news from yesterday. Without a doubt, uh, but did you get a contract? No, but I've got, it's a, it's an interesting story. So we'll we'll pick it up after commercial. When when do the people who write and so forth and cover these games like you? When are you going to get name, image, and likeness? Uh, I, I don't do that side hustle anymore. All right, we'll be right back, Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The Control Freaks Guide to Life, Money, and Probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at cognoshr.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. 
Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here. Right now. Hello, SP Futures. Welcome back, Stocks and Jacks. SP Futures up 475. Nasdaq Futures down 450. We have Nvidia, the star of the star of the century, up another 1362, trading 799. I'm going to bet it goes over 800 today. I think that's a. I don't think anybody take the other side of that bet. It's kind of a, kind of a sucker. Their PE ratio is down with the money they made. They're down to like a 60 something PE, which means they're growing into their with the earnings they made. They're growing into their price. Problem is the price keeps going, so I guess they better keep they better keep growing, or else they're they're not going to be able to catch it like ever. But uh, as of yesterday, I mean, we had a, just a massive update yesterday. Especially we're talking, uh, you know, 300 points in the, in the Nasdaq and that kind of thing, which is you know, which is really something. But this morning, like I said, we have the S and P up 475, Nasdaq futures down 350, Dow up 62. Individual stocks in the Dow, we have uh, let's see, we don't really have much. We've got Microsoft. That's, that was a, the concern I had yesterday during the show was that if NVIDIA is ends up being the one company or the two companies that can grow into these huge valuations, it doesn't mean that, in my opinion, that all of a sudden now Meta and the rest of these guys, they're all their, their, their stuff is justified. But, you know, the market seems to think differently, and the market is right, and I'm wrong, usually. Uh, Europe. Dax down a buck. They were all up. These guys were all up huge yesterday. Down a buck today, unchanged. Uh, FTSE up three. Let's call that unchanged. Kick around, however, up 45. That's 0.6. So they're they're still they're still moving there. Nikkei uh, up another 863. So they're 39,098. These guys, the last time they traded, they did not trade today. I wonder why that is. They seem to be off. So so belay that. That was yesterday, but still an all-time high. Hence the song at the beginning of the show. Hang Seng down 17, 16,725. Shanghai up 16. 3,004. They finally they made it back over 3,000. I don't know how much of this is uh, just the rest of the world being up and how much of it is them putting money into the market, which they said they were going to do two weeks ago. Uh, nine straight days of gains, um, which I think has to do with the government a little bit. Yesterday, Dow up 456. Yeah. S&P up 105. You don't see that. That's over 2.2%, 2.1. And get this, NASDAQ up 460. That's 3%. That's a I mean, those are massive moves, just massive moves. Bonds unchanged 4.32, the Bund unchanged 2.41, and 
And Japan on change at 0.72. It's so not much going on in the bond market. Oil down a buck 21, 77.40. Rent down a buck 21, 82.46. Natural gas down six cents, 166. When I get my gas bill, and it's still really high. I'm really kind of pissed off, but that's just me. Our Bob down two cents, uh, 231. We have a U.S. dollar is against the uh, euro unchanged right at 108. Rent the British pound right at 127. So those guys are really stuck right where they are the last few days. Uh, gold up 410, 2034 as it's not only mired in that uh, kind of mid 2000s, but it's not doing much. Silver down two cents, 2276. Copper down two cents, 386. And Bitcoin down 888 to 50,979. A lot of stuff there, Ryan. We got the Bulls, and I think the Celtics are just too good. You know what? I'd have to concur, concur with you, Tom. They were three point. They got about six guys every time they shoot the three pointer goes right in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know what to say about that, frankly. Like you said, they're just the better team. Way better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shall we get into the weather and? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. All right. I hate to cut you off, but uh, let's get to it. Currently in Chicago, we are sitting at a brisk 37 degrees. And you can expect a partly cloudy outlook for the rest of the day with a high of 45. In Arizona, it is currently, or excuse me, Phoenix, more specifically, that's in Arizona, currently 52 degrees with a high of 79 and a sunny outlook, no pun intended. Uh, in regards to the travel It's the times, first day of, tr- spring, of spring training games. It better be nice. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Dodgers and I believe the Padres were on earlier today. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Ooh. Oh, rather Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, Dodgers uh, smoked them 14-1. to 1. That's rough. I mean, you want to talk better it's teams. Spring, it's a spring training game. Yeah, I know, but it's, uh, I don't know. Cubs it's, and Sox today. Uh, I don't see anything about them. You're yeah. playing today. Right. Right. I, I mean, yeah, you know, the, the scores. TBD, yeah. right? I mean, no matter who wins, uh, someone's going to lose. That's right. Well, it's actually in spring training games, if it's tied after nine innings, they stop. Oh, is that right? I yeah. thought that was just a Japanese thing. No, no, no. Ah, you know, in Japan, after 10 innings, I'll just call it quits if it's a tie, no matter what. Well, yeah. Hmm. All right, so we got um, our guys. I used to go to spring training, Mike and uh, Kevin, um, every year. Matter of fact, I was there five years ago. I had never been in the park. I didn't even realize that, the, that you couldn't buy beer in those years. It's in the early 80s. I guess you weren't drinking then, huh, Tom? Uh, not exactly. Uh, my, my my guys, uh, this is how the world has changed. Back when spring training, you know, before it became a thing where people would actually travel down there. I mean, some people did. I did. But they had a, a gorgeous uh, soccer fields around there. So I'd head over about 9 in the morning. I'd do my running on the soccer fields. There wasn't another car anywhere in the place, right? Because this was the parking lot, too. So i just run there. Then down the block was Fitch Field where all the minor leaguers are playing. So I'd go down there, and I'd sit there and, uh, you know, grab a cup of coffee and watch those guys for like an hour and a half. And, uh, you, you know, you and Kevin played a lot of ball. It's really fascinating to watch a full workout and how many people can be on the field at the same time doing all kinds of different stuff. So your you're, you're shortstop, they're hitting, they're hitting. That's why those two circles are near the plate. You wonder, what are those two circles for? Well, the guy on the left, he hits ground balls to the infield. So the first baseman is behind a screen, so... You can't get whacked with the ball. So is the third baseman. But the shortstop and the second baseman, they're fielding ground ball after ground ball, and there's like six guys there taking turns. The guy in the right box is hitting fly balls to the outfield. 
Then there's the batting cage, and the pitcher's behind the screen too. So you can't you can't get hit with a batted ball. All this stuff's going on at the same time, and there's there's got to be thirty people out there. And this goes on all morning, and it's it's so funny when you you'll see a bunch of guys, you know, batting one after another, and the outfielders are all hanging out there BSing and catching balls. And all of a sudden, some other guy moves in, and they all turn around and walk back 30 feet. <laughs> you know, sitting, all of a sudden, the next guy hits, and you, all of a sudden, the, the crack of the bat just sounds a lot different than the guys before him. And now everything's going to the warning track, or some are going over the fence. It's pretty fascinating. I mean, how many people are there all day long? Then I'd clean up, have a little breakfast, and go back and watch the Cubs. But my guys would, would run a Winnebago back when that was, you know, RV. And for like a buck and a half, they'd pull up right, right up to the wall in right field. So you, you essentially had a bleacher seat on top of the Winnebago. So we put the lawn chairs up there, and there was plenty of booze there. And one day, Steve Dahl did his show from the top of the Winnebago. So you listen to his show, and you heard a blender going out the background because <laughs> he had the blender up there. I, I never went in the park. So one day I went to the park, and I went to get a beer, and I go, oh, there's no beer in the park. And I go, really? Anyway, but now that's all changed now that they're moved to the, the big new place, Sloan Field. The, the what park. city is it, Tom, that you used to go to? Well, the uh, Cubs are in Mesa, but I'd go that, to the, Was that close to Tucson then? No, 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 they're all they're all right. The only uh, there was one team in Tucson. I think the Sox might have been Tucson Sox for. Sox used to be down in Tucson. Yeah. they're not anymore. They're in Glendale now, I think. Yeah, and the Indians used to be in Tucson too, but that was a long time. Ago. But now every, everybody's so. within, especially since they have that. Well, I'll say new, but they didn't have that one hundred and one in the early eighties. But now. You can get to all these parks. I, I'd go to all the away games at night. I mean, I would go to two games a day. I'd watch the Cubs during the day, and then it was somebody at night. But there's Diablo Stadium, the Glendale, and now there's these, well, there's like three or four spots, Kevin, where there's like three or four teams together. They're huge complexes. Oh, yeah, the, the White Sox and the Dodgers share a facility, but, you know, as an example. So there's, there's a stadium where they play their games, but there's a whole complex of multiple fields. Yeah. And there's the Dodgers side of the complex, and there's the White Sox side of the uh, complex. And there's like a smaller stadium there that you can do, you know, when you have the split squad games and stuff. But yeah, somebody's, yeah. but when you're on the road, Mike, you're you're 10 miles away. Right. So, I mean, you, I mean uh, there used to be a really nice stadium in downtown Phoenix. I think the, I don't think anybody's there anymore, are they, Kevin? Because I don't think they had all enough fields around there. The Giants are still in downtown Scottsdale, which is, which is really crimped. So get a load of this. Imagine a, a difference in the, of the, the world. My buddy Dr. J and I were down there doing uh, some lectures for the SIBO. So I talk him into going to the, the Cubs are playing the Giants, and it's, and it's packed. So we get up there, <laughs> the guy says to us, there's no, no more seats. If you don't mind, you can sit on the field. And I go, what? <laughs> he goes, yeah, they let us sit out. We were sitting on the grass. You know how the, the Wrigley Field used to have the bullpens on the side of the outfield lines? We, we were sitting out there on the grass. There was like 30 of us in the bullpen sitting on the field, really, in the grass. And I'm thinking, God, this, this, I'm surprised this flies. I mean, it would never fly today, right? So all, all of a sudden, this, this dude gets up, and he says to Jeremy, hey, you two guys mind moving over? They want me to warm up. And I'm going, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, the guy's winging the ball over our head, warming up for, to go into the seventh inning or something. It was, it was fun, but I, you know, I guess I'll never do that again. Sit on a field during a game, right? Yeah. So anyway, just at a quick glance, the A's are in Mesa, um, the uh, Sloan Park where the Cubs are is not far from Mesa. Seattle's uh, in Glendale, I think. Might still be considered. 
but uh, yeah, if you go over to Glendale, you that's where you find um, you know uh, teams like the Brewers and uh, uh, let me see Goodyear Ballpark is the uh, Guardians and the Reds share, um, and you can go all the way west to Sunrise, and then you'll find the Royals and the Rangers. Um, so yeah, they're kind of scattered about, and I you know. But they're not more than. Forty minutes by bus, thirty-five. No, they're, yeah. they're all nearby. They're, they're, it's all pretty easy. It looks like just about everybody's in the Phoenix area now. Hey, I, I want to get, I, I want to go to uh, just a little history on the whole name, image, and likeness thing with college players. Do you remember, Tom, how it started, or Mike? Do you remember it's, how it started? It started with the the, the blonde-haired guy. Was he Oklahoma or Oklahoma State that was on? Was it Madden? Where they, it was his likeness they used on the tape on the on the no, video. No, it was, started, I thought it was with O'Bannon from yeah, USC. It was the O'Bannon case. It was at O'Bannon. So right. it's at O'Bannon uh, when he's in the you know he's in the NBA by then, and uh, and he is uh, visiting his brother Charlie, and Charlie's kids are playing the EA Sports um, uh, college basketball game, and he says, "Oh." pull up our national championship team because you could choose which team you wanted to play on there and all of a sudden he sees him and he says they can't do that they have to pay me to use me so that started the a series of lawsuits class action as things all unfolded and ultimately ea went out of business over this um and uh and that was 11 years ago that they stopped making the game well yesterday they announced that they're back not only are they back uh, they're back with the EA Sports NCAA football video game, and um, they are offering every single player in the NCAA or pa- past or present who uh, is is on one of their teams can have, uh, if if they opt in to use their name, image, and likeness, they can have six hundred bucks plus a copy of the game. Well, who was the who was the the, the bland left-handed quarterback that was on one of the football games, but like his biography, but it didn't have his face. He, he goes, "That's me." Was that a Madden game or was something like that? I don't know who it was. I have no idea, Tom. Because that that was another one of the. I, I'm I'm trying to remember who a blonde left-handed quarterback who was you know worth putting in a video. It was game. it was you know the guy was Oklahoma State or one of those places and and uh, and he's like they they used his. Uh, his image, and they use they didn't use his name, but they obviously use his likeness. You know, then it wasn't his face, but it was pretty darn close. But when he saw it, he goes, "That's me." Anyway, there there, there was there was so this will be interesting to watch unfold, though, because six hundred bucks in the name, image, and likeness world is not much. On the no, other hand, on the other hand, there are eleven thousand eligible players, so six hundred bucks times eleven thousand is pretty good. <laughs> pretty yeah, good amount of money. Uh, for them, uh, for for one company, because one company doesn't pay out that kind of money uh, very often. You get a Nike who will pay uh, Caitlin Clark, you know, a, a million bucks a year, but you're not really seeing, you know, if if you add that all up, it's going to be th- now. If they sell two million copies or three million copies of it, then okay, we'll see. Then six hundred bucks is cheap for them, but if they sell a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand then it's it's not uh you know it it seems like a reasonable price now i I will throw out the question what if ea sports and the and the ncaa had approved it what if they did this back when o'bannon first filed the lawsuit everything could have been settled then and they could have started a down a different path that was a little bit more under control 
Um, yeah. I, stupid you know, question they, is... If they had just looked, you know, had, had a reasonable mindset to start, there's a whole lot that could have been different. Uh, stupid question. In in their mind, the schools, obviously they always thought they owned the image and likeness. I mean, if could could the Irish on the toll road put a uh, whatever toll road sign up that says, uh, you know, come to see NB and uh, you know ND basketball and have Austin Carr, Adrian Dantley, you know Troy Murphy's picture on the thing even now today without paying them. I would say no. Okay, even though no, they could not do that, but they definitely, uh, you know, there there actually were. Uh, schools doing that at the time, even though they said they were being generic, you know, it was clear what they were doing. So, um, you know, how how many people, uh, you know, bought you know like Brady Quinn uh, number ten jerseys uh, or Joe Montana number three jerseys? You know, they were pushing it. They were they were selling name, image, and likeness without putting the name on it. Well, yeah, they didn't put. Well, it's hard to prove just because it's the number three, right? I mean, wasn't Paul Horning number three, too, or something? I mean, there's been a million oh, yeah. of Yeah, so, you know, shared numbers. But when all of a sudden they have a big push while your guy is a, is an All-American. Yeah, yeah, you know, I get then, it. Then, then you pretty much know what they're doing. So I, I think it's it's kind of interesting. I think this is a story worth watching. Just to see how it unfolds, how many opt-in. Um, you know, 600 bucks plus a, a copy, a free copy of the game isn't much in, in the... Uh, in the college football world today, but on the other hand, uh, it could be a lot from the EA Sports perspective, especially with some of the you know going back in time, and all of those uh, folks getting a chance to opt in as well. So it, you know, I'm I'm just it'll be interesting to see how it shakes up. Um, I have one quick question for Mike. Uh, this is a tough one, Mike, but you can maybe make a stab at it. Uh, yesterday with Lou, I was trying to put together. Some of the the budget deficit numbers with the increased uh, military obligations, I'll use the term. Um, and I think we were trying to ramp some stuff up anyway. We weren't trying to get the stuff even started. But uh, is you know we're, we're we spent four hundred and some billion dollars more than last year in the first five months of the fiscal year. What well, starts October first? October, November, December, January. Make that four months. Um, so we're 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 pushing ahead pretty good on expenses. The revenue was up a little bit this year from last year. Last year, the revenue was actually down from the year before, which <clears throat> really makes you wonder how great the economy could be. Because every time somebody gets paid, they you know they you have to pay taxes on. The last time I checked, I mean I know I do. And you have uh, people. I don't know what you guys feel about Janet Yellen, but I I can't stand the lady. But um, saying how <clears throat> people's People's uh, hourly wages are going up now faster than inflation, and yet Carl says, well, "Wait a minute, the the number per hour has gone up, but the hours worked is down, so the paycheck's actually less." So we have this issue with essentially not enough money at the federal level. Now nobody wants a tax increase; no party's going to p- even talk about it during an election year. Yet, if you're not going to go out and borrow more, with the rate going up, that's a, that's a problem. It, you might end up printing more, which ends up being more inflationary. What the the sudden increase in, in military spending, to, whether they, they deny it or not, 
is starting to when is that going to start to have a, a, a significant impact or we have to really address it and say hey guys uh i was reading yesterday that they think uh corporate non-payment of taxes is like you know in the hundreds of billions of dollars a year uh you know I, when are we at least have to make people who are supposed to pay pay or something because it seems to me these things are going in totally opposite directions and if this deficit gets much bigger to where your in- interest payments are like half half of your dough i think we got a real problem it's all seemingly working the same direction um it's not kind of not the time to double military spending, is it? But we might have to. Well, you know, Tom, you bring up a very interesting question. And uh, I've been thinking about it really, you know, based on listening to you and, you know, and Lou and Carl and all. I just wonder how long we're going to continue going, you know, with seven or eight stocks holding up the entire stock market. You know, and the deficit spending we're doing, you know, when is it all going to collapse? It's like we have a, uh, a house built of cards here. So it, it just, it, it, that's really starting to bother me. You know, and how close is this to the 30s when everybody was buying on margin and now we just have, you know, credit has gone kind of out of control, both personal credit and the government credit, just what you talked about. So, you know, I, I hate to be a uh, Debbie Downer, but, you know, it just, we're kind of out of control right now. Well, we better not lose the stock market. It's the, it's the only leg of the stool left that, that's going good. And, and, and a lot of people now are in that, a lot of retirees, lot the entire wealth bubble is become, is from asset prices. It's not... You know, when 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 you're when you were young, Mike was the oldest in the family. Your dad saved money by making a hundred dollars a week, and the family living on ninety. That's how he. Right. That's how he amassed wealth. I don't know. I don't know people doing that anymore. I don't know how many people are doing that anymore. It's it's asset prices going up, and some people have the assets, and some people don't. And and you know, it's very uneven at the very least. But yeah, I, I mean, it's. Uh, I I just looked yesterday. We are. You know, we're we're just short of record margin debt record as well. Um, and, and usually, not usually, but a lot of your market, your big market turns happen, duh, right when the margin debt reaches a new record. I think we're seven hundred and seven billion dollars or something in margin debt. Um, I, I you know I'll, I'll look here, but yeah, you, you do. I mean, the market after yesterday's move to me is riskier than it was yesterday. Uh, there were the day right. before and. And, and one thing that you probably haven't seen, Mike, is your career was 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 somewhat different, uh, maybe better than than being in the stock market. Uh, you would you would think uh, I'm going to I'm going to say the uh, uh, every man would think that if a stock goes from twenty to two hundred and back to twenty, what's the big deal, right? It it, it just made the U-turn and and all that stuff. Uh, uh, you know, we're, we're right back where we started from. But, but that's not the case if you can borrow on it. Because the margin is... Well, you lose way more on the way down than you made on the way up. Because people have borrowed borrow money and then they start losing it. And they lose more than they just had. Even though now we do have... I mean, are you probably aware... In the, in, when you talked about the 30s, which I think you meant the 20s. The way margins worked is that you could put up a lot less money for the stock. 
Okay. Right. But also, yeah. when the stock slipped, you had to you had to add dollar for dollar. Where now, what we do have to, to mitigate that is if you decided to call PTI today and buy a thousand shares of IBM, we don't have a lot of people to do this, but all the other firms sure do. You know these 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 online guys. Um, IBM's trading uh, say one eighty four, and you buy a thousand shares, you have to send us a check for ninety two thousand. Okay. But now, if it drops to one eighty, your maintenance margin is only thirty. So we don't have to, to pick up the phone and say, hey, Mike, send us some more dough or sell some shares until IBM drops, I'm going to say, 140-something or 150. You've got enough to cover that part down. So there's not this one down day, a zillion phone calls going out or, or email messages. So there is somewhat of a buffer there on the security side, which is better than the 20s. And when it happened in the 20s, it was dollar for dollar. So that was a, right. that was a big issue. Okay. But still, the margin debt is pretty pretty friggin' up there. Um we got to dash off the car here, guys. Good stuff, Mike. Uh, between you and uh, Lou yesterday, I- I'm going to say that uh, our listeners have a really pretty good idea of what's going on over there. And what is, I just, if you had a guess, if you had to resupply a ship over there and you didn't do it in advance, like you said they did in the Gulf War, it's got to be. Are we going to take it over on a plane or a ship, or what are we doing? We got to we got to train. No, they'll bring in supply ships, I would assume, Tom. But, are you, but we're gonna, I don't know that for a fact. But we're going to what? We're going to put it on a train to New York Harbor, load up a ship. Somehow you got to get from here to the Red Sea. That's going right. to take a while. I mean, it's it's not like tomorrow, is it? No, it's no. It takes a, quite a while. And right. the other thing, you know, this weekend marks the two year anniversary of Russia's, you know, invasion of Ukraine. So. The Ukrainians have been doing this for two years, and you know, and now Congress is fighting whether or not to resupply the Ukrainians. Speaking of which, if you uh, want to come in, because uh, Lou's uh, not going to be here next Thursday, we're going to find another day for him. Uh, Kevin, your favorite girl, actually was in the office yesterday. Angelique, I hadn't seen her in a while, oh. and, and she was wants to come back on. And uh, her town is in the occupied area, and she was talking about some family that wouldn't give up their apartment, so the whole family got killed or something, some bizarre story, and. Uh, so is she a Russian speaker too, Tom? I think she is, yeah, but I'm not positive. Yeah. But she's okay. a bright girl. But the uh, <laughs> she says she misses all of us, misses the show, doesn't really miss the sports reporting. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, the, the girl is very direct. I mean, if she's thinking it, you know about it. <laughs> I'll say that for her. <laughs> SB Futures up a buck. Nancy Futures down 14. Be right back. Quick break, Carl Denninger. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, 
or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. And I've been taking care of business every day. Taking care of business every way. I've been taking care of business. It's all mine. Taking care of business and working overtime. Yeah. Tomorrow, right on the board. SP futures up three. NASDAQ futures down eight. Whatever you did, you just fixed it. Um, yeah. So whatever, whatever you did, you just you just fixed it, or else the, the board bleeped down again. Do we have Mr. Carl? Carl, how are you, buddy? Well, you know, I, I have to I have to marvel at at two things. Um, one was, uh, of course, that NVIDIA comes out with earnings and the S&P futures, as a result, are up over 100 handles in one session. Yep. Well, uh, and, the, and the NASDAQ up 365. Well, yeah, NASDAQ was up close to 400 handles. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing that, was, that I was absolutely fascinated by is I, I track... You know, probably about forty stocks on a just a, you know, just a sheet. It, it's, it's just a linear list. It's not you know forty charts on you know fifteen monitors all around me. Uh, but I have one window that just has a you know it's just, okay you know here's here's last last trade bid offer. What's the percent change on the day, right? And uh, the number of them that were up sharply that have absolutely nothing to do with this industry was unbelievable. Right. All right. Now, I mean, I get it that if, you know, if you're an AI maven and you really believe that AI is going to be the savior of the world, by the way, I, I'll take the other side on that, but okay. Uh, if that's your, you know, if that's basically your shtick and, uh, you know, NVIDIA comes out with what you think is a good earnings report um, I, I I find a number of things troubling about the internals of that earnings report but uh, you know hey listen it's a, it's a mania we all overlook that stuff fine well I tell me tell me why Carnival Cruise Lines was up um, I don't know if you, if you listened yesterday I tried to put it another way is we've had you and I and well everybody else on the show we've been talking about how and again I'm not going to say that the stock market can't go higher because I think it's, it is going to go higher at least for a little while. I mean, certainly today, I mean, we got Meta or NVIDIA up to 803. But the, um, we most people would agree that we're at 
levels of PE ratios and revenue to sales per, per uh, revenue per share, whatever you want to call it, are at fairly extended historically numbers, which doesn't mean that if you have an economy that's growing or a stock that's growing, it can't grow into those numbers. And it, it appears yesterday by the uh, NVIDIA being up 265% in revenue from last year that that is a stock that maybe is capable and maybe is growing into their revenue per share and their their earnings per share. Maybe. But, I'm saying maybe. But, but the, my point is, is there's probably 15, 20, 30 stocks we can identify. And I think, Carl, even us being cynical, uh, probably some of those stocks will will justify the current prices, but not all of them. I, again, I, you know, I mean, there's a difference between, you know, like a, I, I think you can make an argument that Carnival at 15 bucks, um, I mean, is the cruise industry going to disintegrate tomorrow? A lot of people thought it would during the pandemic, right? That that the debt, yep. I mean, obviously, very expensive to build a ship like that uh, if you can't get revenue from it for two or three years, you got a big problem, right? Well, especially if you're building new ones while you're doing it. Well, but even, I mean, yeah, well, and the thing is, you've been doing it because it takes, you know, four or five years to deliver one, right? So, I mean, it's, all of a sudden the demand goes to zero and all of this is financed, you got problems. So I, I don't think there's, you know, what happened there was not surprising. I don't, I well, don't I think. Well, I think what you're, what you're saying, right? But, but what, I, but yeah, the point being, how how is it, where where's the crossover of these things? And this is this is where manias you know really get dangerous. And and part of the reason that we had such a you know such a wipeout in you know in the two thousand crash uh, in places where you wouldn't have thought it would have happened, but it did. And and the same sort of pattern is showing up here. And the idea that you have you have basically a stock. One company. Um, uh, why is is why is SMC? Well, I think Carl. Uh, look, uh, Chief Supermicro makes motherboards. Okay, I have one in my server here in my basement. All right, they make server motherboards, not not the kind that go in your desktop computer. Well, you could put it in a desktop computer, but nobody would. They're they're expensive for what they are in that application, so nobody uses them there. You, you buy something from Gigabyte or Eris or, or uh, you know, MSI. There's, there's a half dozen different companies you'd use for a desktop computer. I got one of those in my desktop computer. But for a server board, Supermicro is, despite being Chinese, despite me being uh, vehemently uh, anti the takeover that the Chinese have done in a lot of these areas, and, and being very concerned about the possibility of things in the firmware that you know nothing about, <laughs> yeah. right? which, which are not going to be to your benefit. Despite all those facts, the fact remains that for the last 15 years, they've been the go-to for this. Why? Because they have in-band management and out-of-band management, and all of it works, and they've been extremely solid products. And like I said, I, you know, I may disagree with a lot of things with regards to China policy and things like this when it, when it comes to electronics. I have one in my basement, all right? And it's not because I like those guys, you know, the, the 
the politi- the geopolitical aspects of it. It's because they make the product that works, and I need a product that works. Uh, there you go. So, um, but what I saw yesterday was was. Yeah. All right. Now, well, that's before you, you, that stock was up thirty percent, right? I, 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 yeah, it was absolutely crazy. Well, they're behaving like a meme stock. Well, okay, started, it started the day at 600 and closed at, what, 970 or something? Yeah, the, the, these guys are behaving like, like you know, uh, like the ape guys, okay? Yeah. I mean, you know, these these are, this literally is, a this is no BS. I mean, this is, you know, they're behaving like GameStop, all right? And this yeah. is a company that actually makes real products that are used by real people, and real businesses and have racks full of them uh, it's a very reliable business but how do uh, good god all right so that's that's the first thing the second thing i and i have to push back on this because i just got done listening to an entire hour of it looking in the background um this whole thing with ukraine does anybody pay attention to the fact that that uh we are now backing a country that has done something that is so anti-democratic that even the United States, in the throes of the of wars that possibly could have erased our country, which is the seriousness of what's going on over there right now, right? Didn't do. Well, I don't... Hey, real, do you, do you real, know, no, do you know before, what I... Before you, have, before you have subjects, I, I put it another way yesterday, is that People used the NVIDIA earnings yesterday as somewhat of a justification for extreme valuations totally across the board, even in, even in areas that had nothing to do with NVIDIA. Is that a fair oh, way to say that? Uh, yeah, and, and that's crazy. Yeah. Okay. I mean, regardless of whether you believe that NVIDIA will grow into this, by the way, I don't. And I, I there were some things that were... I didn't missing. say I thought they were going. I said yesterday they made a pretty big stab with a 200% increase in revenue. Well, they they did, but on the other hand, I want to know how much of that revenue is actually ever going to be collected, and and you and I both. Know uh, yeah, yeah, boy, I, I, I'm. I uh, you know what? I remember Washington Mutual paying yep. dividends out of capitalized interest. I wrote a column on it in 2008, in the first or 2007, in the first couple of months, it, when their when the first quarter earnings came out for them, and said this company is going to blow up if this does not stop. Carl, I remember yeah. Miniscribe. I remember. Yeah, Pu- I, I remember Miniscribe. I remember. You don't remember Pullman Freight when in uh, Itel went out of business. All of yeah, a sudden, I'm the just, backlog just what backlog? <laughs> they were right, the backlog. What back, exactly? Yeah. What backlog? So I mean, this is. I see the same sort of thing in Nvidia's numbers, and I see it in their in their their results. And there were several omissions in their filing that I. Yeah, you, you, nobody ever hides good news. Okay, let's just uh, let me let me leave that one on the table for you. That, but the Ukraine thing. All right. Uh, well, Chief, I, before I'm, you before you uh, head off with that, since you brought this up, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. If if there is, all I'm going to say is there are there are. When Carl and I are not Carl, maybe more than me. We're 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 not in with the the in crowd in the sense we're getting the call from the. The CFO, like some people do. I mean, let's let's just put that on the table right now. Yep. If, if we ever got the call, we'd wonder how I got the call, and I better not believe him. <laughs> I'd have the, the, I'd say, how, how did he how did he get my number by mistake? But you know, I'm not you know I'm not, I don't have an ego about this. I know where I've been on the. On, I remember one day, Carl, Doctor J, and I were doing the on the score. We're doing a radio show, 
In those days, it was all about uh, getting in on these IPOs, right? Because they were all right. and it, to get in on one was really hard, and stock could go up, you know, fifty percent one day, and you get rid of it in the afternoon, and it was like easy, easy money. So all of a sudden, we're doing the show, and the phone keeps ringing. And Jan finally <laughs> picks it. Jan, this is five thirty in the morning. Jan picks up the phone, and we mute his mic, and uh, he's talking to this guy about some IPO that's coming out like that morning, and all of a sudden. He was going to give Jan and me, because we're like his bosom buddies who barely knew the bleep, a chance to get into this IPO. And Jan goes, well, I'll call you right back. And on break, we're talking about it. I go, Jan, when have we ever gotten that phone call? <laughs> and he goes, right. well, he goes, well, like, never. If they if they got down to us, how far do you think we are down on the list? Yeah, how far down the list, right. <laughs> so we told him, no, the thing was an absolute clunker. It went out at like 20, finished the day at like 16 or something, which never oh. happened. I mean, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, I don't know what, in, in regards to, uh, like like you, Carl, I have misgivings about, I mean, clearly, uh, my age group, I mean, we, we were Vietnam. Well, actually, the guy's a little older than me. Uh, the idea of having this surrogate war going on somewhere else and not here, and, and the bedfellows you end up with, and you wake up with a lot of fleas, right? Uh, well, this, this is a little worse than that, okay? Yeah. So I, it, it, this is why I want to throw this out here, because, you know, I understand the debate on both sides of this table, all right? I mean, you, you know, and, and, you know, the show, we've got people within the show that, you know, they have people over there, all right? So, I mean, you know, come on. Um, I also get the other side of it that there's, you know, there's a fiscal aspect to this. There's the whole, you know, I hate Putin. I, uh, you know, there's people that, I love Putin. I, 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 I what what, I, what is I, the I, what is the mentality of a person who likes the man? After all, people I, 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 I don't I I don't understand why because one guy is a jackass, you think the other guy's got to be a saint? Okay, I mean, can can we stop with that stupid yeah. crap? Okay, I mean, there's plenty of how many times throughout history have we seen that everybody is a jackass? Yeah, all right. I mean, you know, is that not enough? I, why do you? It, you know you know how this works, Chief. It takes two people to make peace. It only takes one to make a war, okay? So, I mean, the reality is is that if you end up in a situation where both sides are wrong and they're both being jackasses, well, yeah, you're going to get a war. That's, that's not surprising, right? I mean, we should not be shocked by that outcome. Uh, but what I found, what, what sent my antenna up a few days ago is that what is the one thing that we, even in, when our nation, America, faced the existential possibility of its dissolution, which was a civil war? Yep. Okay, although you could argue 1812 as well, all right? Um, what was the one thing we did not do? We did a lot of stupid stuff during the Civil War, by the way. You know, suspending habeas corpus, all sorts of, you know, oh, yeah. all sorts of things. But what is the one thing we didn't do? Uh, you're going to have to tell me. There's probably a lot of things we didn't do, but... We, the people of this country, reconfirmed our decision to fight that war by re-electing Abraham Lincoln. Right. During the war. Okay? And in every, and in every war that we have fought as America, whether it's been on our soil or not, and certainly, you know, since then, they haven't been on our soil... And all the other wars, there's an election coming in November. We have an election. All right? And why is that the most important thing? Because you are committing 
not just your money, you're committing your people. And some of them are going to ho come home in a bag. If they come home at all. So, if, and, and there was a lot of debate during the Civil War about the possibility that Lincoln would lose. And if he did, what the consequences would be, because all of a sudden the CIC isn't the CIC. You got a new one, right? Yep. All right. Zelensky has, and, and his parliament, have now declared there will be no elections until the war is over. This has been, this martial law thing has been, has been continued several times for 90-day periods since this whole thing started. But this latest one is the one that matters, and the reason it matters is there was supposed to be an election in March. I don't disagree. I, I, uh... now, now, here's, now, Chief, think about the consequence of this, okay? What happens if Zelensky decides, or has decided, that he's going to literally fight this until the last Ukrainian dies? All right? He now he has now the plenary authority as the head of the military because he's the president to do that. And the only way you're going to stop him if he has made that decision or he makes that decision is either the Russians are going to have to take they're going to have to win-win, okay, is in all the way to capitulation of the government in which case he's he's removed and we have a coup of some kind because that's, you know, <laughs> they lose their territory, all right? That tends to happen when you do that. Um, or the people in Ukraine are going to have to rise up and kill him. All right, but why Why should, uh, I mean, I mean, I, I, there's a million Chief, different... It's their, Chief, it's their, it's their decision as a country if they want to do this, okay? We should not fund with so much as five cents any nation that does this, ever, period. But, but, but Carol, they're defending themselves. I don't care. You don't. You the people of the country are the ones who choose their government. If you allow Zelensky to void that basic principle, then the people of Ukraine, you're saying that the people of Ukraine don't have the don't have the right to choose that well, this but, is going but, too so, far, and we want to negotiate peace because Zelensky says no, I don't want to negotiate peace, and therefore one man gets to overrule. Every single person right, in but, the nation. But you have this gets obviously very, very tricky. And the, the point of view that you have, I think, is uh, certainly one that needs to be at the table. But but when you when you start uh, negotiating people away, I mean, w suppose they get somebody in there and says uh, they they pr before he got in there, they pretty much capitulated to give in Russia Crimea. Right. Um, okay, Chief. First off, Crimea Crimea has been Russian for. Okay, uh, but uh, you know. I, I, and secondly, we fomented a color revolution in Ukraine in 2014, which is not only a violation of the UN Charter; it violates international law. It stood on the books for, you know, forever, which we claim to honor. Many other countries don't, but we claim to honor it. We are the reason that that entire situation over there exists. I don't. The, the I United don't, States. I don't. I don't. I don't buy that because... Well, you don't have to buy it. Victoria Newland not only not only is on record with it, but in to on top of that, John McCain showed I, up I, over I, I a I'm not, I'm not saying we, we should have done that. I, I'm going to say... Well, all right. Okay, but I'm going to say, Carl, if you dig into the detail, which you like to do, 
a big chunk of this country, we bought the Louisiana Purchase, correct? We bought it from France. Oh, I, oh, I, listen, I, you know, the, the, we're all sinners, let's all get before God, right? You know, I mean, it, it, but the, the, the deal that the French made with the Spanish was they could never sell it, and then they did. So the, the, the Spanish king, whatever the hell they are over there now, could show up in the Senate and say, hey, I just reread this. They had no right to do what we wanted back. <laughs> well, okay. The, the whole idea that Russia, with, with a bunch of people, uh, leaders that Putin doesn't care about or doesn't like, somehow gave up the Soviet Union because they imploded. They, didn't, they weren't conquered. They imploded. Well, absolutely. And all of a sudden, for them to wait, what, what, why would anybody think... I mean, I, I think I, I'm not a big fan of Zelensky, but I sure as hell, if you put the two of them together, I don't, you know, I mean, what makes anybody think that if if the world just says, all right, you can have these people, uh, this area, what makes you think he says, well, that was easy. Now where's my next shot? I mean, th- that's the way. Though I wouldn't think that way. You wouldn't, but that's the way some of these people seem to think. I mean, Angelica was in here yesterday. She, her city which is now nothing but rubble, and she knows all kinds of people that are dead. She showed me a picture of her hospital she was born in. It was rubble like on the west side here in Chicago. Uh, She's not ready, and her family is not ready to have the rest of Ukraine say, okay, you people can now be Russians. She hates these people. They 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 killed her friends. Well, I mean, big shock. Yeah, I mean, you know, when, you, when your buddy gets shot, you're not usually very happy. But I mean, about at some it. point here, the, the the people. I mean, I I don't know in this country, if if somebody invaded New York, <laughs> maybe we'll give them New York. Anyway, but it, <laughs> isn't that what uh isn't that what Humphrey Bogart said in Casablanca to the German guy? There's some neighborhoods in New York maybe you shouldn't even go in or something along those lines. Um, but I mean, I, I don't know that the that, that the people in Iowa. If, if whoever the invading army made it to Ohio said, hey, we're tired of fighting, go ahead, you can have those people. I don't know if I'd like that either, would you? Well, I, you know, I mean, you, people talk about the whole Crimea thing. Well, well, tell me what happens when uh, Mexico, backed by China, decides that San Diego is now theirs. Well, I mean, I, I'm because thinking... We have, a, we have a warm water naval port there, and they decide that they'd like it. I, you know, it's... It, you, you could draw those kinds of equivalences back and forth, you know, forever, right? Well, I just... I, I don't think... It, you know, Carl, you can be as, as bad of a conspiracy all, all, guy as me, but but you're 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 basically I'm going to go on a limb here. <laughs> I'm going to say you're you're basically a decent guy, as as am I. And I and I'm simply I'm simply pointing out that there is a basic precept that we hold dear as Americans. It is the foundation, and it is the very foundation of this country. It goes beyond the Constitution. Right? It's even more important than that. And that is that the people of a nation have the fundamental right to choose their leadership. I, I'm, I'm not for this. I'm not a fan of this guy at all. And I'm certainly not a fan of him bagging the election. But well, I, you I know go what? Ba- if he, if, hey, listen, if he held the election and the people of Ukraine said, uh, well, damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead, okay? And if we end up all dying trying okay, to. Okay, but don't, win don't this be. Thing, don't don't be the the uh, and I know you're not. Don't don't be the goofy American that says if if we can have a an election somehow in the middle of the Brazilian jungle, well, for people who have no idea what it, what 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 an election's even about, or there, there's no there's no history from 
Europe. Yeah, but that's Europe, not. But that's not reality in this I, situation. I, okay. I, what I'm saying is, is if he allows somebody to actually run against him with an opposing point of view, which Putin doesn't seem to want to, if all that were to happen, I'm with you. An election? Why? Why would you ever? Stop well, he it. banned all the opposing political parties. Yeah, like I said, they're they're all not that much different. I mean, it's well, okay. So if so, given that that being the case, okay, given that being the case, he's banned all opposition parties. So there's one political party in Ukraine. Okay, gee, um, we need breathing room. Well, uh, I mean, Adolf Hitler in 1930. Well, okay, and, and I, <laughs> I, I, if I can find it, I know I, I just somebody sent it to me last week in Quora. You look at, I'm going to say you would be, this is, you know, because I think he's, according to Armand Hammer, he's the smartest man he ever met. You and I would be kind of the dupes like Roosevelt was. When he, when he, he, had, he had no more business sitting down with Stalin you know, than, than me with, with, with God or something. I mean, he had no idea of that mindset because he had never, it just wasn't him. And, and yet, Churchill knew exactly what Stalin was, and so did Harry Truman. Harry oh, Truman sure. knew exactly what, what Stalin was. He was he was never duped. The man was an animal. He was a savage. He just happened to be our animal and our savage when we needed him. Um, I, no argument. And and look, international politics, uh, foreign policy, and uh, this sort of thing are always messy, and always have been messy. Uh, you know, I seem to remember that Julius Caesar got a little bit of a lesson in this sort of yeah. thing not too long ago, you know, in the future in terms of the day, right? You know, beware of the Ides of March. Yep. Gee, I wonder why. Um, but that does not change the fact that we as a country, there are certain fundamental things. If we're going to if we're going to send billions of dollars, and by the way, if we keep doing this and and if Zelensky makes this decision that he, that he does you know, there, there's no opposition parties. There's no political. There's no democratic process. I'm the guy making the decisions. I don't care what my people want. I don't care what the people of the country demand, desire, whatever have you. This is what we're doing. Period. End of conversation. And and that decision is we're fighting until we reach Moscow. Well, I mean, what is what is and, it? And you know what? He might. Well, okay, but yeah. I bet. I've said from from day one that given his personality, um, whatever peace happens there is going to have to come from the U.S., the U.N., somebody saying, here's the deal, you better take it or we're cutting off the checkbook. I get that part. But you know what, you know what, Carl? I think the same thing is going to have to happen with uh, Netanyahu. I do, I do too, and I, and I think you're going to... But the, but the problem we have right now is that we have... You know, look, the 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 other person in the on the GOP side of the ticket right now, who's who refuses to quit, is Nikki Haley, who would be perfectly happy to blow them all to Mars. All right, and and you want to talk about something dangerous? All right, not only would she would she fund everything they want, she'd keep going, and eventually, we're going to end up with a bunch of Patriot batteries over there with our guys running them. And our guys are going to get waxed. And when that happens, then a really tough decision has to be made. You really want to go to war with Russia. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and oh, by the way, we think we have now we've spent over two years thinking that we can bring Russia to her knees 
by sanctioning this and, and sanctioning that and cutting off this and cutting off that. And all we've done is cut off our own nose. Well, this has been going on. The Russians did their best to mess with us in Vietnam. Absolutely. We did the best we could to mess with them in Afghanistan. And, and, uh, yeah, and, 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 and you know what? And then we thought that we were so much better than they were after they got their butts kicked and thrown out of there. We went over there and we got our ass kicked. Well, we, we ended up, uh, what's his name? Uh, the big terrorist, I forget his name, that we killed. He was our guy. Well, you know, we've, that's, that's not new either. Yeah, I'm saying, <laughs> but my point being is that this has been going on really for, we're talking 60 years, for God's sake. That wherever they're, you know. They, I, I, I know, and, I, and I'm not, look, all, I, all I'm pointing out is that anybody that thinks that we should be, have, have an open checkbook and an unlimited oh, I, amount of supplies. I, I, I don't think we should have an open checkbook there or with Israel. I mean, no, I don't either. But I, but you know what? That's what we're doing right now. Well, I, I don't see when Russia left. You know, we got to go to break, but, but you can remember this more than me. How did when Russia left Afghanistan? The, it was it was part of a regime change, but I don't remember who was in and who got out and how how that transfer take place. Do you? Um, not off the top of my head. But Let's go to break here. Maybe we can both remember. SP Futures up 8, Nancy Futures up 20. I knew we wouldn't stay down. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market, along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of 
control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Load my back station, yeah, I'm on the board. SP futures up nine, Nazir's up thirty-one. Yeah, can't sell this market. We know that, even though. Carl keeps talking bad about it. It's let's go, let's buy it. Nvidia up another eighteen bucks, eight oh eight oh three. Why sell it? Only an idiot would sell it. It's like Bitcoin. You know, Ryan's Ryan's a big Bitcoin investor. He'll they'll never sell it. We got Microsoft up two fifty two. Whatever. We're, we're justifying everything. We have uh, this SMCI that Carl says shouldn't have been up three hundred hours yesterday. It's only down twenty eight today. Who knows? Maybe it's a buy. PANW. When it was down the other day, that's that's coming back the other way. I don't know. Buy the dip, buy not even the dip, it appears. Working this end. I mean, it, I don't know if it's going to end good or not, but it is an ending, at least this morning, at least so far. We'll turn around and crash today just to... I will say this, Carl, before I go into the... If we did turn around today and went south, every goofball in the world will say how obvious yesterday was that it was a traditional blow-off top. Oh, of course, oh, of course. But, but by the way, um, you know, today's not a particularly magical day from no. the standpoint of markets. Right. Anyway, SP Futures up 7, or Dow Futures up 50, sorry. Over in Europe, Europe was very quiet earlier. Now they're now they're getting the, they're getting the bull run. Uh, BAC's up 24.1%. It was flat earlier. FTSE up 11.2%. CAC round up 55.7. CAC round's got a nice rally going. Asia, Japan not trading for some reason. Hang Seng down 17.1%, Shanghai up 16.5%, uh, but snuck over 3,000 to 3,004. Nine days in a row they've been up since. Actually, it took a few days after the government said they were going to start supporting the market. Well, they have. Uh, Dow yesterday, a 4.56 to the upside. S&P up 105. That is very rare. Uh, 5,087. Remember like two weeks ago, we were wondering if we are going to get to 5,000? Well, we're through that like dinner through a goose. Uh, NASDAQ up 460, almost 3%. 16,041 uh, bonds. Unchanged 4.3. The blend down three basis points, 2.4. Japan unchanged 0.72. Oil uh, down a buck 48, 77.13. Brent down a buck 44, 82.23. Natural gas down a dime, 1.62. So there's largesse in money coming into the system. It seems we had right for the market and not really for the physical stuff. Uh, the euro unchanged, uh, 108 against the dollar. British pound unchanged. Uh, 127 against the dollar. Gold up 490, 2035. Gold's been very quiet. It's not participating in this largesse at all. Silver down 3 cents, 222.75. And we've got Bitcoin down 914 now, 50,953 under 51,000. Ryan, you got us a quick traffic weather spores. Bulls bulls lost. Who else do we care about? Nobody. Nah, not really. I mean, we've said what we needed to say about that, right? Yep. All righty. All right. And uh, we're starting spring training, you know, no matter what. Heart, you know, it always, when it starts, beginning of spring training, there's always optimism in the air. Oh, truly. I mean, spring in general, it's the yep. rebirth of life and mud and or rain. So, or something, you know. Yeah, uh, it's still cold here, by the way. Nothing, yes. Nothing's really changed in regards to it weather. It was 60 yesterday. You know, it was. I noticed that. And I made the mistake of coming to work this morning in nothing but a sweater. So I guess <laughs> the joke is on me. Well, um, Angelica showed up yesterday in her down coat. I said... Did you miss it? When you're not doing stacks and jacks weather, look at this. You're wearing a down coat and it's 60 degrees outside. Yeah, it's just a whole thing. Hey, you got you to be flexible. You got to be flexible. You know, you're right. You really are. I mean, you really do, rather. Um, Carl, I don't know if you listened to uh, Mike earlier, and he was 
kind of summarizing all the stuff. He says, it seems like we've got margin interest almost on record high. We've got consumer interest pretty much getting there. Uh, consumer credit, I think, is for sure on a record high, isn't it? Yeah, uh, well, and, and unfortunately, it's concentrated in credit cards at yeah. you know, 26% interest. Yeah, and they're only, they're only going up. John was saying yesterday that he got a letter from his two credit cards, which he hasn't. He said he hadn't held a balance in forever. Went from what twenty two to twenty five on one and twenty four to twenty eight on the other one. Oh, oh, oh! By the way, you know, you know how much I rail about the whole antitrust. You know, nobody goes to jail for fifteen USC. Right? Oh yeah. Okay. Um, by the way, excuse me. How is it that Capital One and Discover uh, can combine? Which, which I mean, not not only does that create a behemoth. Okay. Um, and take competition out of the market in issuers. Uh, it does something even worse. It takes the Discover processing network out of the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's even I, worse. Oh, oh, yeah, it is because right now, essentially, for all intents and purposes, uh, you have four, right? You have, well, really three. Visa, Mastercard. I mean, I know they're technically separate, but they're but they're not. As from a merchant point of view, as somebody who's held a merchant account before, okay, you you had one merchant setup. To take Visa and Mastercard, so there was when when I ran MCS, we had to have one agreement and one set of processing, you know, uh, uh, setup, if you will, to do that. Then you had to have one for Amex, which is completely separate, and another one to take Discover. Again, completely separate. Okay, but the fact that these these three were in the game. Meant that there was, and, and then there was, there were, you know, there were a bunch of other little things. I mean, you know, like diners, for example, was still around at the time, and, and diners was, we didn't care about it because that was mostly a travel and entertainment card, and we didn't do that kind of thing. Uh, but we did care about American Express, and we did care about Discover because we did American Express because of the business nexus, and Discover because there were an awful lot of consumers that had it and yeah, wanted oh, yeah. to use it. So we did. Well, care Discover about was, uh, all right. Kick me in the head so, of my history. That's that's the old Sears card. Yeah, and so right, exactly. But the but the the essence of this is that the competition between these processing networks is good for consumers and it's good for businesses because it ten, it tends to be some check and balance on swipe fees and things like this. Okay, so the competition is good. The fact that Capital One can buy Discover it doesn't instantly get hit with a criminal complaint under 15 USC. That's astounding. Um, somebody was saying yesterday that they absolutely intend to block it. Well, I don't know what... Uh, I mean, it, first off, it shouldn't be blocked. Uh, attempting to violate 15 United States Code is a criminal felony, and if we started throwing people in prison for it, this nonsense would stop. You'd get a letter ruling, and you'd get some analysis from those folks before... You come out with these announcements, Carl. When you, right. you talk about, I don't, I don't Matty used to tell us about this once in a while. Matt Weber, because he, one of the guys we used to play softball with, we actually had played basketball for Northwestern. He was one of these independent guys that would go from, you know, a place like Series or something, which is at the right. time was a pretty big sized restaurant. They did the stuff for the Board of Trade and all that kind of stuff, and try and they they were like jobbers. They could get you a better deal than like your bank would give you on the Visa and Mastercard. Are those guys still around? I mean, how, how did that work? Well, so there's always been 
there's always been some of that. Um, we we had people. I used to get solicited probably once a week by those guys. Okay, I mean, when I was running MCS, I, we we get the solicitations constantly. Um, whether or not they could beat the bank rate depended on who your bank was, what kind of a relationship you had with them, um, what sort of you know what your what your risk profile looked like to everybody in question, right? Because it's asymmetric, you know. The, the whole thing, everybody thinks that this is, you know, this is just a very simple thing. It's not, because you as a credit card holder, as a customer, consumer, if you have a charge that's put on that card that you didn't authorize, it gets thrown back at the person who put it on the card, okay? That's expensive, and and not only is the charge back, I mean, this, it, that's part of federal law. If you didn't order it, you, did, you didn't authorize it, you don't have to pay, period, end of conversation. And so it gets thrown back on the person that tried to get the money. And then on top of that, there are fees and what amount to fines for chargebacks, okay? They're, and they're not huge in the grand scheme of things, right? Typically, they're about 25 bucks per event. The problem is, if it was a $5 charge, 25 bucks is a lot. <laughs> well, I always, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't charge all that much stuff, but I never really did. Uh, but I, I found, and this is not a plug for American Express because the last time I checked they weren't sending Snacks and Jacks a check um, I found there was a, or a marked difference in the attitude of the two places if a charge hits yours it's not yours oh, Mer- absolutely. Mer- American Express immediately wipes it off and the person who puts it on there has to fight it back on where the Visa or I mostly had Visa they want you to essentially come up with a bunch of reasons why it wasn't you and they sort of defend the other side at least for a little bit where there's, there, yeah there's a, there's a huge attitudinal difference yes there's a big and i don't know if there's in law i don't think there's a difference but american express it's all you the other guys wait a minute you you might well be- there's also there's another aspect to amex which is why it's so popular with business uh, hotels do overbook just like airlines if a hotel walks you and takes the Amex card and does not provide equivalent and suitable uh, alternative accommodations without being harassed. Okay, in other words, if they just don't come out and fix it, they run the risk of American Express voiding their acceptance. And Amex is serious about that. Okay. So essentially, the bottom line is that don't happen if you booked the hotel room with an Amex card. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I had it happen exactly once. It took one phone call to American Express's customer service, and 10 seconds later, I had my room. So, I mean, it's there are reasons that these networks and these cards exist, and they're real, and it's not just... They're, they're, they're know, pretty good on some of this stuff. One of the... I, uh, you know, I've, I've held both, but I've held both a Discover card and an American Express card for a very, very long time. I, I love my Discover card. Absolutely love it. And, and I'll tell you what, Capital One is known as a subprime issuer in the credit card space. Okay, they've always been known as that. Uh, that's, they, they market to people with pretty crappy credit scores. They, uh, and they, and they make a lot of money at it. So you know what? It, for them to combine may destroy what may discover worthwhile. I think they, um, I got, <laughs> I don't know, I'm, I can be a sucker for a pretty face sometimes, but uh, one of the, the Bass Pro Shops, right? There's one yeah. by uh, Portage. 
and they were pushing their credit card. And uh, actually, their credit card, if you actually were into buying that kind of stuff, I think you get like a 5, 5% discount in the store for everything. And then if you buy anything at Bass, your interest rate's like 7 So if you wouldn't have bought a Bass boat, you you know, it's like 7 not, not 25 But so they get these huge, this huge table of tchotchkes, right, free gifts. So you're going to get three of these gifts, right? So uh, they're pretty nice. So I got, nah, I don't really know the credit card. So, of course, we get to the uh, checkout, and there's this very attractive young lady. Well, you know, I, I'm taking f- 10% off your bill, and by the way, you get this, you get a hat, you get all this other stuff. And I'm going, all right, all right, Simon. Well, it turns out that's a Capital One. Yeah. Um, well, those affinity cards are all run by somebody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But now, the, but so I, of course, get over to uh, Audrey's friend's place in Portage, and one of them ended up with my mug, and the other one ended up with something else. So I ended up with no tchotchkes but the credit card uh, and a hat that really didn't fit. But uh, it's, they've been fine. I mean, but I mean, I, I, if I'd have known it was Capital One, I probably would have said no. But now my, my Discover, and again, it's not a commercial for them, every month for free, they check my stuff on the dark web and tell me if they found something and they don't. Oh, yeah, no. I, you know, well, and they do a lot of stuff that nobody else does for you. Well, they all do it. They just don't expose it to you. Right. Well, then you get, I get my credit report every month, and then, you know. I, I, yeah, I get it. I mean, but they run that anyway for themselves. It's just that they're the ones that put it out there where you can see it easily because, you know, I mean, they, it, it costs them nothing. They're doing it to protect themselves. Uh, obviously, they don't. You know, they don't want to. Hit, you'd have a twenty thousand dollar line, and oh, by the way, you just lost your job. Well, uh, you're gonna end up with these guys, especially if they get rid of Discover. You're gonna find out that twenty years from now, uh, um, if all of us are still blessing the earth, uh, you're gonna find there won't be any cash being used, and all their fees are a hell of a lot higher, and that they've been yeah. lobbying Congress for twenty years to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. Funny how that works, yeah. right? Well, okay. Oh, by the way, uh, what we were talking about just before the break was Gorbachev that did that pulled them out of there, right? Um, but, but he replaced which, who? Well, and I but I was I was trying to to make sure I was right about like the timeline before I opened my mouth and stuck my foot in it. So I I went and I checked it, um, and it wasn't an immediate thing. It took quite a long period of time because just just like when the United States goes interfering somewhere, there was a great deal of concern. That if they just walked away from it, that they'd make the problem worse rather than better. All right. So the idea was that they had to have a, a national, uh, you know, kumbaya kind of thing where all the different warring factions would. Uh, would well, then you have the table. people that say we can't admit we lost. Right, and and so I, this is not an easy thing to do. No. Okay. Um, but you know they and and by the way, a lot of people don't know this. Probably should if you paid any attention to world history. Uh, Afghanistan was, in fact, part of the Soviet umbrella during the USSR. So, although, you know, a independent, so-called independent country, really not, not an independent. It was the Democratic Republic of Afghanistan, and yeah, well, it got renamed. As uh, one of my good friends, an attorney, dude, I want to hold, hold that against him. One night we were having, we were both on the board of the Seaboat together, and uh, we were having some uh, adult beverages, and and somebody, uh, one of these countries, somebody w- was basically jamming some election where the sun don't shine right. on these people. And he goes, if if you're not from Europe or from England or from the U.S., you have no idea of how this is supposed to work, how you're supposed to leave power, except for Trump. Uh, you know, if you lose, you're supposed to leave power. And, oh, by the way, you're supposed to 
the other party that lost is now supposed to be become what's the term the uh, uh, patriotic uh, uh, opposition or the something loyal opposition. Yeah, they're, and, they're, and you try and figure out what you did wrong, so the next election you can but appeal you're not better. To and go shoot everybody. No, you're not the other side. Because if you, if you have no semblance of how this works, what good does an election do? It's like having an election in you know uh, Venezuela or someplace. What do you mean I lost? I didn't lose. I'll shoot the guy. Now I won. I mean, it's you can't. Right. I mean, if you don't have that, you know, and I, and that, I really think that that's what all the, the the crap people are hurling at everybody in this country. I, I really think. I don't know if our young people or maybe they're not taking civics, whatever it is, I don't think there's as much of a sense of that here as there used to be either. No, uh, there's not. And, and it's, uh, you know, I mean, you you take a look at some of the things that have been going on. I mean, Biden, you know, yesterday was out uh, bragging that despite the Supreme Court telling him that he couldn't hand out free money to everybody with student loans, that he did it anyway. Um, you know, is that all the way down that road of, you know, F, F your democratic institution? No, it's not all the way down the road, but boy, that is a step. Well, down, you've, you know, you've mentioned, curb. you haven't done it in six months, but every six months or so you mention the not one but two Supreme Court decisions regarding uh, yep, the insurance companies. And nobody pays attention to that either. Royal Drug in Maricopa County, which said that 15 U.S.C., which is a criminal felony statute, does not just involve fines. It's go to prison for 10 years. Uh, the Supreme Court, 40 years ago, issued two rulings. They were challenged twice, claiming that it, that health care in general was exempt due to another law called McCarran-Ferguson. Uh, which bore, which which is the reason, by the way, that all the car insurance companies can share the fact that you got three tickets. Okay, otherwise they couldn't do that uh, because that would be considered monopolization. So that's the reason they can do that. And what the Supreme Court said is that price fixing, differential pricing based on what kind of insurance you have or whether you don't have any, uh, is not the business of insurance. It's the business of monopolists. And oh, by the way, the Sherman and Clayton Act say you can't do that. You go to jail. Well, they and, and, and yet and this was forty years ago, Chief. And there has not been legislation since then. To exempt that industry, you know, baseball has an exemption, right? Uh, and well, kinda. No, they do. I, I know. Yeah, but, but I mean, it's, it's, it's by that, the it's, way, so does OPEC. After the Arab oil embargo, Congress exempted oil companies from the anti-competition laws that that otherwise would make the collusion that they have on pricing a felony. Well, the just to go back, it, it's not. It's not, uh, what the hell is the guy's name in, in my business? Uh, there was a guy that was a newsletter writer. I don't know if he's still alive or not. But he, 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 he started handing out trading recommendations and selling them to people. Uh, he wasn't registered with Series 7, uh, the, million, right. the million numbers I have after their, their name like me. He, he took a case all the way to the Supreme Court, and he said, I'm just a... Uh, what is it, the First Amendment? I have a First Amendment right to speak. I have a First Amendment right to speak in public. If I want to sell people to, you know, if I tell people to buy Walmart, sell Disney, it's a problem, okay? It's a recommendation because I'm registered and I'm supposed to know better. If if you did it uh, and you didn't put out a, a pamphlet every day and sold, and sold it to people, you, it's your First Amendment right. But then he took that win. Instead of staying doing what he was doing, he started charging for... Uh, 
first it was the facts when people even remember the facts then it was something else if, if you wanted the the double secret buy stuff that morning thing where then he would went on to say you don't need a broker you just need me right. and you need the cheapest online for in other words he basically took you know the hose for his front lawn and started watering the whole neighborhood now the same thing happened with professional football when the af the american right. football league and the nfl I, I remember this, Carol, because I, I did a paper on it, I think, in college. Uh, they, they, uh, they got a, a <laughs> it's a religious term, they got a dispensation. They were allowed to market together for, like, the, the Super Bowl and things like that. So they could, they could market as one league, even though they were two leagues combining, essentially, to stop other competition. And they took that and ran with it, too. They now have a combined draft. They have a combined everything. That that was not anywhere near in the agreement. I don't believe. No, and and you know, but this is the thing is, is that we have, you know, this is this is the 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 gotcha game, and and the problem is it's everywhere in American business today. It didn't start forty years ago. Um, but it's certainly, I mean, we, we took s- something that was three and a half, four percent of the American economy and GDP, which is, you know, yeah. health care, right? It is now a 20% behemoth and one third of all federal spending. So we've, we have allowed, by allowing this to go on, we have essentially, all the inflation that, that everyone deals with, that we have dealt with over the last number of years. 25 the, at least. The, the, delib- the deliberate, yeah, and the deliberate understatement of you know of those numbers by the government is you know of course they don't want to admit what they've done, uh, but essentially all of that, when you when you look at what's going on here, comes out of that one place. And so if you want to know where the problem is, it's in the local hospital, it's in the pharmaceutical companies, it's in your local physician. And it's in the the people within our federal and state. Well, it's it's in any kind of monopoly. It's in football. It's well, in that's, ba- well, baseball. that's right. But you know what? It football as as a percentage of what actually impacts your life is pretty small. Right? Well, you can you can bail out of that. You can't bail out of heart surgery. Well, well, you could uh, exactly. Actually, actually you know what? Find- you know what, Carl? A lot of people are, and I think that's why the death toll is so darn big. And you and you may be right, but you know what? If I get shot, I need a doctor now. Right. Okay. And so the the thing is that there's, you know, we we do not want to sit down and talk about this. We don't want to do anything about it. Neither political party will touch it. You can't vote your way out of this problem because there isn't a political, there isn't a politician that, well, Trump. By the way, this is a, when he ran the first time, 2016, he had three planks in his in his presidential platform that would have largely neutered the medical industry monopolies. It wouldn't have fixed it completely, but it would have taken a serious knife to it. They disappeared literally on the night of the oh, election. Yeah. I was sitting in a bar in Pensacola watching the returns with some friends of mine because we had some libertarian candidates that were running on the time in the local, the local races. So I was watching the returns come in, and I had you know four screens up. I'd my drive my laptop driving it, and literally as this, as that call was made, those three planks disappeared, and they were never seen again. Carl, uh, real quick, I mean we got a couple minutes, but I'm not going to try and uh, absolve any of our our creatures, meaning the people we elect, from any of this responsibility. However, I was elected, okay, to a, a board of a place I really cared about, the CBOE, 
And I was pretty in tune to what was right and what was wrong, right? Because I, I was I was there studying University of Chicago when the whole concept of how we were going to make a fair and orderly, we're going to separate principal and agent, we're going to uh, have competition, and I see this degrading as we go, right, as the firms really want the other side of some of these orders and whatever. So you, you, end, up, you end up in a spot where I'm there, considered to be from the outside and allegedly a railroader, so to a certain extent I was, but... Um, all of a sudden, you ha- you also have to have somewhat of a sobering look that, okay, I'm only here for three years. If I can tackle one of these things a year, I'm doing, like, really good. No, by the way, the one year I, I tackled one and maybe made some progress, three more popped out on the stage. Right. I mean, I I think that the thing that's going on in football is unconscionable. The idea of having a Supreme Court uh decision that baseball is not interstate commerce is about as laughable as me being a jockey. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's it's so absurd. You would think that you'd have a, a thousand to one stand up vote in Congress to rescind that tomorrow, but you won't. And, and and I also know that if I get elected as a representative, and now we got how many wars going? Even if I thought this was one of the most reprehensible thing on earth, and oh by the way, it gives these people billions of dollars worth of equity they don't deserve. And it causes other people to pay seventy or hundred hours for a baseball game ticket. It really does suck. I don't know that that would be my first thing that I would come up with tomorrow. It becomes a question of bandwidth, and plus. Oh, I oh I know. Yeah, you're right. Plus, I don't uh, know what, what. Can you imagine the people that would say, "What's this Tom Hyde how guy doing? Worried about football? We love the draft." We love having beers and watching the draft. We love writing articles about who people should draft. What's he trying to do to us by making this a, a not a monopoly? Well, what about baseball? I like the Cubs. I don't. I don't want the Cubs to you know have all of a sudden be in competition with somebody. I love it just the way it is. Well, okay, but you're not a player. You're not a person making X when you should be making Y. I mean, you, your kid is not being drafted to an accounting firm. Right. Yeah, but look how much money they make. What's the difference? I, I mean, can you imagine the fight just to get that anywhere near common sense? I, you know, it's it, it, there's so much of this yeah. that goes on that I it, and you're right. I mean, I look at this this sort of thing and I'm just like, what in the blankety blank are you talking about? Well, I, had, I went through my uh, we got a dash every. I brought my gas bill and I, I got an apartment right. Uh, I see natural gas is what? What did I say this morning? It was two two six one sixty six? It's a, by the way. Well, it's colli- the price yeah. collapsed. My right. my gas bill was one hundred and five bucks. Well, because I think the knucklehead above me, he's not a knucklehead. He's a decent guy. I think he left town for a month and turned his heat way down. So I basically, heated two apartments. But anyway, my my bill is one hundred and five bucks. You know you know what the gas portion of that was? Uh, like twenty dollars. Twenty eight bucks. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, I, you know the the funny thing is is that mine, I I have I have the ability to switch between heat pump and and gas. So every month when I get the bill, I put the per therm cost in, and the computer recalculates where the switchover point is because it knows what the performance stats are for the you know for the other side, right? And it's it, below this temperature, it's cheaper to use the gas. Above this temperature, it's cheaper to use the power. Oh yeah, yeah. And and. We have the in this area. If you don't have, if you don't want to pay for the backup capability of having dual fuel and things like that, you're almost always better with a heat pump. And the reason is that our power is ten cents a kilowatt hour, which is ridiculously cheap compared to many other parts of the country. 
and and as a result, most of the time, the electricity wins. Well, my and my my bro, we got a dasher. My my brother really likes the idea of people. He doesn't have it, but you know, but if he got another bigger house, he probably would have some kind of a solar collector. And I I love having argument. I, mean, I don't love they arguing. They make no things. sense. Well, but I'm saying whether you do or whether you don't, the electric company is ahead of you. If one day a year you have to tap into their stuff, they're going to charge you 100 hours a month for that capability. And you're not going to you're not going to gain anything. That's right. Because they're ahead of you, unfortunately. Because they because they're there every day in front of our politicians, and we're not. And they have well, a checkbook, and, and we don't. Of, and yeah, and there's also all sorts of problems with with local generation and the fact that the power company is expected to provide the power whenever you want it. Um, unfortunately, the sun doesn't always shine right. and the wind does not always blow. So, SP Futures up 11, NASDAQ Futures up 35. Carl, we got you back on next Tuesday as well, as Friday. And uh, uh, I'll talk yeah. to you then, if not before, buddy. All right, sounds good. Take care. Bye. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex, offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right now. That's all, folks.